Mailing Dad with Alan Parsons. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Where am I calling you? Uh, Santa Barbara, California. <gasps> oh, I love it there. What's the weather like right now? You know, it's actually unusually uh, dark and dreary today. It's a, there's a sort of sea mist, I think, where we live right up, right on the coast. So, uh, but it, it'll probably clear up later. It's, it's uncharacteristic for this time of the year. It's, it was it was 80 degrees yesterday. <laughs> oh my! I often go there for their film festival, and it is such a beautiful little town. Oh, we love it. We love it. We've been here uh, 15 years now. So. Oh, wow. And you live on an avocado ranch. Is that true? Yes, that's right. Uh, organic to boot. We, um, we don't make any money at it, but uh, it's, it's a fun existence. <laughs> <laughs> Did you realize that you were growing avocados when you moved to this ranch? Was that part of the plan? Uh, yes. I mean, we, we, we knew it was a, a working ranch when we bought the place. Um, but like I said, it's, it, it's sort of labor of love. And I mean, I, I don't get my hands dirty. I mean, I, I leave it to others, but which is probably why we don't make any money. I think if I was doing it, if my wife and I were actually in the field work, working and picking and, you know, watering and stuff, we probably would make money. But uh, because we have to pay others to do it all, we don't. We, we love it. You know, it, it, it's great. It's a great uh, landscape here and uh, it's, it's beautiful. I bet you have a lot of people, though, that want your avocados. <laughs> well, yeah, we give, we give a, quite a few away, I'll, t I'll tell you, and uh, also give away uh, other fruit. We, have, we, we grow um, lemons, limes. Uh, we, we grow an exotic lime called a yuzu, which uh, is favored by uh, Japanese restaurants. Wow, that sounds amazing. And I just have to ask you one other thing before we get to, um, to business here. You have a horse that is probably one of my favorite animals on the planet, the Clydesdale. We, we do. Um, he, he was here in uh, California, but um, my stepdaughter moved. Uh, it was really her horse, and she moved uh, to Pennsylvania, so he's back east now. Um, but uh, we get regular videos on uh, FaceTime and <laughs> get to see him. Uh, he, he's in the hands of, of my wife's brother. Oh, well, he's still in the family, so that's a good thing. Where did you, uh, why did you name him Dante, of all things? That was his name when we bought him. Uh, so so uh, it wasn't uh, wasn't a name that we gave him, but it's a perfect name for it. Starting off with uh, your relationship with Sir George Martin, I know that you released a statement, and of course that was extremely sad. But I would love to know how you got your job at Abbey Road Studios. What did you have to go through? Well, I was I was actually working for the company. I was working for EMI um, at a. A, a manufacturing plant in West London. Um, it was a department called Tape Records. We were actually making uh, duplicate quarter-inch reel-to-reel tapes of, of commercially available albums, and uh, that included, uh, you know, Sgt. Pepper by the Beatles and uh, early Pink Floyd albums and so on. Um, so I, I just uh, was in this department. I, I uh, sort of crossed over between that department and a, and a and the, the record factory doing quality control there, um, you know, but vinyl pressing factory. And um, I just simply applied for a job at Abbey Road. I said I'd, I'd like to uh, I'd like to come and visit the studio, and uh, if you'll have me, I would would love to take a job with you. And uh, I met with the manager, and he he, you know, two weeks later I was working there in the, in the tape library. Started at the bottom. So how old were you at the time? Nineteen. Nineteen. Your very first job, basically, correct? I mean, it was the first real. 
sound job, yeah. The Abbey Road uh, experience was, was the beginning of my uh, sound education, as it were. So how did you move from, uh, from, being, from doing the tape to doing uh, the engineering? Well, that was a, a sort of slow uh, process of training. I mean, you know, if you're, um, if you're sitting on a session, you're watching engineers, artists, producers at work, and uh, you get to know the, the equipment. And uh, it was about, um, it was about two, after about two years of being a, an assistant or a tape-up or a button pusher, as we were sometimes called, um, I progressed to, to, you know, being let loose on the, on the, on the console and, and actually engineering. So that must have been a very, very daunting thing for you to be working with the Beatles. You're only 19 years old somewhat, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, the first experience with the Beatles was, was at their own studio um, where, where they did the famous um, rooftop session. Um, so I was, I was there for that, which was an experience and a half, I'll tell you. Tell me. I'm, I'm dying to know. Like, like take me back. Like, what were you, what were you feeling then? Well, uh, I was... <laughs> Full of the joys of uh, being a, a huge Beatles fan, there I was, uh, you know, uh, with with the Beatles, with George Martin, with uh, Glyn Johns, the girlfriends, you know, <laughs> the girlfriends. Uh, I was, and I was I was being paid to be there, and uh, it was just the most extraordinary thing. Oh man! And I wasn't paid a lot, but I was being paid. I'm sure back then they didn't have anything like auto tune in the studio, so. <laughs> no, they didn't. They, uh, everything was very organic and uh, and analog. Yes. The word, the word digital hadn't even been coined at that time. Now, were you somebody who spoke out? Like if, let's say, Paul McCartney was off tune, did you say anything? Or <laughs> well, take, no. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the most junior person there. And, uh, no, I would, I would not say a word. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe in, maybe in later years when I was engineering with Paul, I might have, uh, I, might have uh, I, I probably wouldn't have said out of tune, I, I think. I think I might have said, I think you can do a better one, Paul, or something like that. So, uh, no, you're, uh, being an engineer and producer is, is all about diplomacy. Yes, I know, and you don't want to piss anybody off too much. Right. So that must have been like uh, a very cool thing for you to sort of move up the ranks, work with the Beatles, and then work with Paul McCartney personally. It was. It was great. And um, we, we, we actually... Um, were, we were actually neighbours for a time. We, we both lived in the south of England, outside London, and uh, did, did some. Uh, we, did, we did do one session at, uh, at my home studio, which uh, which never got released. It's uh, sitting there in the ether somewhere. Oh no! <laughs> Unlikely to ever be released. I'm sorry to say. That. Do you still have it? I still have it. Wow! Why won't it ever be released? Because it, it, it was it was unfinished. It was essentially just a, some, a few ideas going down on tape. But uh, it was not really a song per se. It was just a couple of uh, instrumental ideas with a few mutterings from Paul in, in the background. You know. But. Oh man! If I I wish I was a fly on that wall. <laughs> <laughs> So now you're about to um, embark on a greatest hits tour. So um, what brought this on? Not, not, not an expression I coined, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> what would you call it? What would you like to call it? Oh, I don't know. Just, just the... <laughs> I, I, I hesitate to say farewell tour because I'm not getting any younger, but, uh, you know, the Who have done so many farewell tours and the Rolling Stones have done so many fa farewell tours. I think it's probably appropriate for me to do my first. <laughs> Your first farewell uh, I'm not, tour. I'm not, ready to hang up, I'm not ready to hang up my hat just yet. 
But, um, you know, I just, I just would have said, Alan Parsons Live Project, or, you know, I wouldn't have said Greatest Hits. I mean, but it's, it's nevertheless accurate because it is a, it is a hit show. And we, we, we play all the, uh, all the most popular songs from, from all the albums. It's, it's, it's actually quite difficult to, uh, to pick and choose what songs to play because there's, there's, you know, there must be at least a hundred songs to choose from. I bet. And you know, Alan, those are really the, the type of tours that us as fans really want to see. I mean, I went to see The Who, um, speaking of The Who, for their 50th anniversary tour and every single hit versus seeing Jackson Brown last year and I did not recognize one song and I wanted my money back immediately. I did the same with Steely Dan. I went to see Steely Dan and I didn't recognize one song. Right? So yeah. I, I, I actually left. I actually, I actually you know, I, I, I was told even the encore was, a, was an obscure song. So, uh. so you know the feeling, right? You know that this yeah, is really yeah, what yeah, the fans I, I know what people want, yeah. I, I mean, uh, and, and we deliver. We, we, we do all the hits, you know. We, we wrap up with the, the two biggest hits. You know, that's what they want. From, from a musical family, yes? I do. Um, both my parents were musical. My, uh, my grandparents were, uh, were in the theater. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I come from a, a family of entertainers. So has the acting bug bit you, so to speak? It, it has, actually. Um, I've, um, together with my publicist that I've been working with for a few years now, we've been trying to get me a, a part in a movie. Um, I managed to land a, a narration part on a, on a film that's about to come out. It's a, it's a documentary movie called A Single Frame, which is uh, about a, a young boy who's caught in the, um, in the conflict in Kosovo. And uh, they, they ha had a script, which I, which I read for them, and I, I got the job. So uh, it was... Uh, that's, that, that's, uh, you, you mentioned the Santa Barbara Film Festival. It, uh, it did really well there. I didn't catch that one. Yet, it's yet to come out. What are your acting hopes? Like, wh where do you see yourself, you know, what kind of oh, roles? I don't know. I'm, I'm a sort of big, bearded, you know, um, villainous-looking guy. I think I'd probably be a, a baddie. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'll take anything. <laughs> just, just, just to... Uh, just to be... Uh, just to have... Just to say I've been in a, in a, in a feature film would be... A, a, a great experience, I think. I, I've, I've, uh, I've got an acting coach as well, who, uh, who's great. He, he's uh, steering me in the, in the right direction and telling me what to do and what not to do when, when auditioning. I had a huge crush on your cousin Oliver Reed. I have to tell you right now. So, do, so, do, so does my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, yes, he's, he's a. a a, a bit of a good looker, isn't he? Good looker, and and you know, talk about being menacing. He had that in spades, but he was just the nicest guy. I had the opportunity to meet him a few times. Oh, you did. I, funnily enough, I never did meet him. Really? I have met, I have met his son, uh, and uh, when when we first met, we both looked at each other, and said, "Oh my God, we both look like." his father <laughs> so uh, yeah especially in the eyes absolutely yeah. how come you never had the opportunity to meet him he was your first cousin right he was always, I mean, you know he was a, he was a, a, a 
famous alcoholic. I mean, he, he, he uh, you know, he, he, the only place I could have ever met him would have been in a public house somewhere. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Uh, there, there was just no contact, no point of contact to, to meet him. And, uh, and uh, we, you know, probably if the Internet had been more active then, then, then I might have met him. And that's how I met his son, Mark, uh, through, through just finding him on the Internet. Interesting. So are you guys Facebook friends now? Yes, we are. Yes, yes, indeed. We've, uh, he lives in London, and we've uh, you know, made a point to get in touch every time we go there. So, yeah, nice. Do you get to go back to where you're from uh, England originally, obviously, so whereabouts? Yes, I grew up in London, and um, you know, I still have family there. I have two, two sons living in London and an ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, we're, we're on good terms yeah, with, with the ex-wife, and uh, even even my current wife is uh, is uh, you know in touch with her, which is which is good. That's always a good thing for everybody to be one big happy family. Absolutely. Uh, are your sons involved in the biz? My eldest is um, a very fine uh, guitar player, actually, um, and um, he he. I think he should be in a band, but he, he's not. He's, he's actually uh, working in a, for a theatre company doing production work. But, um, oh, you could be in one of his plays. There you go. Right. And the other, the other is sort of dabbles with um, entertainment. He, he's directed uh, promotional videos for British bands, and uh, he, like, he likes, to write, uh, likes to write a lot. So. But he's... Um, I, can't say, I can't say which direction he's going in. He seems to jump from one thing to another. So... Uh, yeah, they're at that that stage, I guess. Right. Now you're a writer as well. I'm hoping to. I'm hoping that to actually write an autobiography of it eventually. I'm just too busy right now. But there there is a book out there that, um, which I wrote with a, another Brit called Julian Colbeck, which is a book based on a video series which uh, which I spent three years of my life making. It's called The Art and Science of Sound Recording. Ah. And it it, um, it got quite. Quite, well, it got very good reviews, and uh, it, it's, it's found a home in uh, a lot of schools and colleges, uh, you know, uh, sound recording courses. Kind of educational, um, although it, 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 it also suits anybody who has even the vaguest interest in, in what goes on in a, in a recording studio. Yeah, you have to be kind of on the geeky side, I imagine, to pick up a book like this. <laughs> well, you know... Uh, Maybe a little, but um, I think it satisfies the curiosity of, of what of what happens on, on recording sessions. Most people just don't realise what it's like, um, and it's 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 actually quite difficult to capture on uh, on film what what goes on because you know things take a long time. You know, if you wanted to really show what. Uh, how a record is made, you need to make a very, very long movie, which would drive people crazy. Those stories are wonderful to like hear about all these bands. I think, I think Butch Vig is in, in, involved in um, uh, a studio story. I think, it's, um, I think it's being shown at South by Southwest. Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit more about this autobiography. What, do you have a name for it yet? Um, no. <laughs> it, it, might, it, it might be From Abbey Road to Abbey Road. Um, the, the, the reason for that being that... Uh, you know, I'm, I had my beginnings there, and I also ended up as the boss there for, for a short time, as the uh, as the vice president of all the London studios under the EMI banner. And uh, I decided after a few months that the executive life was not for me, and uh, went back to went back to uh, making music again. What are you looking forward to next? Well, we've got uh, 
a, a couple of new releases coming. Um, the first one is going to be a symphonic uh, concert we recorded in Colombia. So it's going to be called the Alan Parsons Symphonic Project, and it, it'll be, uh, I think they're looking for the um, end of May to release it. But it's um, it's a full you know full symphony orchestra, seventy piece, so it's it's pretty epic. Uh, it's a pretty epic show. And is this original music, music? I assume. Oh, it's all project music, yes. Um, and uh, we're we're actually in the final stages of, of video editing and uh, audio post production for that. And uh, soon after that, there is a deluxe edition of Tales of Mystery and Imagination, the first album, coming out with. Uh, uh, two CDs uh, and a third bonus CD with, with uh, bonus material on it and the vinyl um, this is all going to be in the, in the box uh, uh, two, two vinyl albums um, which will be the album uh, the original album at um, 45 RPM hmm. and cut at half speed which is the new high, the new ultra high fidelity format Vinyls making this huge comeback, and I'm so pissed off because I got rid of my record player. I call it a record player still. Well, at least you didn't get rid of your records. You can always buy a new record player. No, I did get rid of my records too. I know it's terrible, terrible. But I feel like you know you have to stay relevant, right? You have to keep up with the times. It, it is coming back. Vinyl is coming back. But um, you know, ultimately, I, I, don't, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna last forever. Um, Digital, digital technology is getting better every day. Although MP3 sounds horrible, there will, will one day be a, a good format that will be downloadable quickly. But I don't know about you, Alan, but there's something about opening up an album cover, read along with the out al- with the you know, and listen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that has gone, and then uh, and then there was this lovely break to go and put the kettle on on between sides one and two. I love it. I love it. Well, listen. Thank you so much for joining me. You have lots to look forward to. Oh, it was an absolute pleasure, and I hope you'll come to one of the upcoming shows. I would love that, and uh, and also look forward to uh, to your books. So please do come back on when that comes out. All right. <laughs> so uh, very kind of you, Robin. Thank you. Take care. All right. You too. Bye bye. Always news. Always refreshing. Always candid. Always billing about. Robin Milling delivers what celebrities are saying to you. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.